Hey there, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Brooks. Join me as I sit down and chat with co-hosts, friends, and carefully curated guests and talk about all the things that empower you to become your best and most confident self. So let's get started. All right, ladies, welcome back. So today we have with us a really incredible guest and super, super grateful to have our conversation today. We have with us Dave Wernley. So Dave and I are going to talk about something that is a little bit more near and dear to my heart and into a personal space as well. And I thought it would be something that might be of interest that we can bring into a candid conversation to really just shine some light. And so this may or may not be your cup of tea, but if it is, cool, hang out with us. We're going to have a really incredible conversation. And if it's not, that's cool too. But we're just here doing our part and just sharing bits and pieces. And if you're new to this podcast, this is what the podcast is about. It's about conversation. It's about community. It's about collaboration. And it's about connection. So however you find that in your everyday life, I hope that you find it here in this podcast. I hope you find it in the Confident Woman community or just find your way throughout life. And if you're not sure where that path is taking you, dive in. Give us a few moments here to kind of share with you what we're going to talk about today. And hopefully this is where you find your place as part of what we do at The Confident Woman. And so our whole goal is to bring holistic aspects into your life to make you feel confident, uh, confirmed, and reassured that you're on this path as we navigate life doing the best we can with what we know. So at the core of it all, we're here to inspire, encourage, and empower you to become your best and most confident self. So welcome, Dave. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. It's great to be here. Yes, absolutely. And so I know that we were talking a little bit before we hit record and just super excited about today's conversation just because we're taking a little bit of a different spin and a different twist on things. But through and through, we all struggle with this this feeling that's like this naggingness that's inside. And it's a lot of times we, we can attribute that to fear. We can attribute that to overwhelm, procrastination, anxiety, doubt, all these things that really make us feel like we're not good enough, that we're not in the right place, that we're not making enough progress, that we're just more or less, we're struggling, right? We're we're struggling at life. Sometimes we get these big wins in life and we feel like we're on the up, but then as quickly as they come, we fall, right? And we get into these like lows and into these valleys. So Today's conversation is going to be a little bit more guided in that um, direction where we can help navigate some of the fears and misconceptions that we embark on and how we can navigate them more confidently and courageously as we go through life doing the best we can, right? Yes. Yeah, so I know. So I'm curious to know, Dave, for those that are just joining in, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about you, your background, and some of the topics that we'll be exploring in today's conversation. Yeah, thank you, Rachel. Great to be here. Uh, my wife and I do a website called Identity and Wholeness. It's our ministry. It's all about becoming who we're really created to be in the wholeness that we were created to be. So often life happens and uh, we get wounded and the stuff of life tries to just stomp out who we were created to be and that uniqueness we were created to bring to make the world a better place. And our, our trauma, our wounding stuff that is not our fault happens in our life to try to stomp that out. And my wife and I both come through a lot of brokenness, and we want to share the healing that we've received. And part of that is 
getting over that that fear you talked about because really the um whether you want to call it the enemy like we talk about in christian circles or stephen pressfield in the art of war calls it the resistance um that thing that fights against our our uniqueness our zone of genius as gay hendrix talks about in his book the big leap whatever you want to call it that thing that fights against us that resistance all it has is fear mm-hmm. its only weapon is fear really and it's mastering that fear that really can catapult us into that place of uniqueness where we can bring who god created us to be to make the world a better place yeah and you know when we talk about like fear and i love that you brought up those few of those books in there i mean i'm a huge fan of Gay Hendricks, I mean, The Big Leap, I probably mentioned it on this podcast like a thousand times because I keep going back to that. It's so, it's one of those books that you can revisit many times and it hits you differently, very much as some of the other books that we will probably discuss as well. And also The Art of War. I'm always going to, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm always going to mix up with uh, Sung Tzu, The Art art of War and The War of Art backwards. I get it backwards too. I think my dyslexia is in kicking. I know. And it's when I picked up that book, I was like, wait a minute, isn't this the book we we talked about in like high school? And as I was reading with Stephen Pressfield, it was such an interesting book because as a creator and a writer, which I'm sure that you can relate to as well, it was it was almost like, how do we create from a place of inspiration and enjoy and, you know, really tapping into that uniqueness and the gifts that are given to us without feeling that we are being met with the resistance, that we're being met with fear, and we're being told lies. And a lot of that, I think for me and my experiences when I was reading that book, I think was at the very beginning of my writing career. It was highly recommended to begin my writing career through that because I was met with so much of the fear and resistance. And I think that this actually might be a little bit of a tangent to kind of weave into the conversation. But at that time, I was being called to do something much bigger than I could ever have imagined. And I received some divine inspiration. And God told me at this moment and said, you are going to write a book. And I said, no, I'm not. (laughs) I literally had this argument with God. I was like, "Mm, no. And he said, you're going to write a book. I said, stop. I'm not writing a book. And through that, um, he had planted the seed and he had so many people in my life continue to bring that up, water it, and it started to take, you know, started to germinate and start to unfold. And I said, apparently we're writing a book. And <laughs> when I was met with, when, when the moment I said yes and everything unfolded is how I knew it was like divine intervention. God called me into something bigger and greater that I, again, never could have imagined. And it was recommended to read that book because of so much of the resistance, so much fear. I was filled with incredible fear. And my my counter to God was, why me? Who am I? And there's so much more to that story. But if you're listening and you're on the fence and you're called for something greater and bigger than beyond you can possibly imagine, and you're sitting there thinking, who, me? Who am I? Listen, you have to tune in. And you have to overcome that fear and lean into what that calling is, because that's something that is set for only you to receive. It's near and dear on your heart. So whether it is God, whether it's your higher power, whether it's your co-creator, however you want to determine and call that in your life. For myself, I'm a woman of faith and I believe in co-creating with God. And Dave and I are going to have a little bit of a conversation here about that fear 
and how we see God, and you can insert how whatever term you want in your life, but the message is still the same because we are here to abide. We are here to follow through. We are here with intention and purpose. And this is a direction that we know that we can't navigate alone. And so whether it's through your higher power, universe, God, creator, or just finding solace in peers that align with you here, then you have to, at this point, ask yourself, say, maybe I am called to lead into a direction that is filled with incredible fear and uncertainty. But I wonder, and keeping that open mind and open heart, and say, I wonder what could be next for me if I were to surrender and say yes to doing the most scariest, fearfulest thing in the world, right? Whatever that is to you. But to know that there's hope and there's encouragement and there is something beyond that you cannot see because the goodness is lying on the other side of that fear. So Dave, I know we're going to talk about fear and I'd love for you to kind of kick it off and, and corral this conversation into how when we're met with such resistance, such fear, such anxiety, and so much of our own insecurities and self-doubt are playing into this, how can we combat that? How do you suggest that we even start to approach fear with the counterpart of faith? I think the first part is naming the fear. Mm -hmm. Naming it, actually saying, I'm afraid of this. There's something powerful to naming our feelings and sitting with them and giving those negative feelings, whether it's fear or anger or whatever it is, giving it a seat at the table. It doesn't get to run the meeting. The fear doesn't get to run the meeting, but it gets a seat at the table because we're human. And it's okay to acknowledge, yeah, I'm afraid of fill in the blank. And as a calling coach, helping people hear the calling of God on their lives, I always start that process by asking people, before we start, what are you most afraid of right now? And as I've tabulated those results of what people have said, there's there's been kind of three things that rise to the top. There's three fears that they're afraid of the most. One is, I'm afraid it's going to be something I hate, something I don't want to do. Another one is, I'm afraid of getting it wrong. And the third one is, I'm afraid I can't live up to it. And each of those are legitimate fears that might happen. It might be something we hate. We might be terrified of public speaking, but it might be because someone in our past shamed us. We gave a report in, in fourth grade and the class laughed and there's the resistance or the enemy, whatever you want to call it, trying to smush out what we were called to do. And maybe we were called to get in front of people and share healing and give them a word that can make a difference in their life. And the resistance at a young age is trying to smash that out of us. So it might be something we think we hate, but when it's redeemed, we we really don't. And it's something we love and we something we love doing if we can get over it. But the first step is is naming it and, and saying, I'm afraid of what what is it? Is it if I'm gonna be something I hate or I'm afraid of getting it wrong? Uh, which is another big one, which is there's a paradigm shift to get over getting it wrong. And it's not called failure. Mm-hmm. It's called learning. Mm-hmm. And learning's okay. Yeah. Learning's okay. Yeah. I love that you, you know, first step is naming that fear. And I think, you know, recognizing the difference in, in 
you know, for those that are like, well, I, I mean, sometimes I I have fear, but I don't know if it's fear. Sometimes I just have these like crazy thoughts that are just consuming my mind and I can't d- discern which one's mine. Can't discern if it's my, my makeup stories or if it's fear or if it's the enemy, whatever this is. And I think that, you know, to tie in what Dave is sharing here, naming your fear is distinguishing between what is truth in your mind and also the fear that creeps up will shout louder and will tell you that you can't do something. So I think for me, when I like recognizing that fear, I had to ask myself, you know, tapping in and recognizing whether again, if it's God or universe or however you want to call it, I had to say, I know that my creator didn't create mistakes or or garbage or damaged goods or things like that. Like, because I had that belief about myself, I had to recognize now at that point and say, wait a minute, if I have a faith in somebody or something higher and more in tune with who I'm becoming, like more aware of where the direction I'm going, then I know that I can't get lost in that. And the only thing that's tripping me up are my thoughts. So how can I tune in and discern? And I recognized that it was a lot of it was coming from a place of negativity, darkness, uh, pulling up past things that I would say or do, and it was shaming me. And so when you feel that you're pulled in that direction, one, that is not of goodness. That is not of your calling. And that is not who you are. It's what fear will pipe up to remind you and tell you so that you don't go do the things that you were called and created to be. It will, as Dave said, it will squish you. It will stomp you. It will try to defeat you and bury you and minimize and put your light out. And that is something that, you know, as we navigate life, I think that that's really what the antithesis of what we're trying to accomplish and achieve here in our life is to have purpose and direction and clarity and light our spark and allow it to shine and be that hope and be that inspiration and encouragement for others as well as so many other awesome things of all the goodness, right? But if we're stuck in fear, we know what it feels like because all we got to do is check in with our mind. What is it telling you right now? That's the place you're in right now. So give it a name. Tell it to quiet down or that it has no power over you. So I think that giving it a name that's a big thing because now it, you're able to discern and distinguish between the two. So I love that. And so I know that you have a few more steps as well, but I just wanted to pipe in there because this was me. I could not, for the life of me, figure out whose voice that was. And I believed the wrong one for way too long. So I love that. So thank you, Dave. Yeah, it's naming, just naming it and saying, I'm afraid of, because sometimes we're afraid of being afraid. And we're really afraid, but we're afraid to admit we're afraid. Yeah. And getting past that is sometimes that's 80% of the battle, just labeling it. I'm afraid I'm going to get it wrong, or I'm afraid I can't live up to it. And then the next thing is getting curious Mm -hmm. about that. Rather than shaming it, rather than shaming our fear, asking ourselves, where did that come from? Where's that coming from? Is there something in my past? That has told me I need to never get up and speak in front of people because they'll make fun of me. Or I need to never let who I am slip out for real because I'm going to get shamed. Or, you know, where is that coming from? What story did that tell us? 
And can we tell ourselves another story? Yeah, I think that's a, you know, having the exploration process of it, getting curious and questioning. Because I think at that time, as we quiet down that voice in our head, we start to give it a name. We're driving a wedge between it because we're able to now discern. And now we recognize that pattern has repeated itself numerous times in our lives. So now it's up to us at this point to figure out, well, it will always keep rearing its ugly head. It will always keep doing whatever it does. But until we start to get that control over it. And I think, um, you know, from, from me, when I this was piping up in my mind, I started with awareness. You know, awareness was that concept of naming your fear. And then getting curious, as Dave says, and that mine was about asking those questions, right? So pinpointing where this fear had originated from. So sometimes we do have to explore back to maybe that fourth grade when we got called on and we weren't paying attention and people laughed. And then as you were trying to gather your voice and the courage to speak up, your voice starts cracking and you don't know where you're at. And then people laugh again and you say, well, I went to bat twice and there it is. So I just won't speak. I will quiet my voice and I will just remain silent, right? That might just be one little thing that happened to you, but maybe you find yourself in a situation where you're not speaking up or you're not sharing or you're afraid to be called on or seen. So we have to start unraveling the cord into plugging it into those pieces that make the most sense. And that's where we can start some of this healing, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it takes bravery and being brave isn't not being afraid. (laughs) We think being brave means I'm not afraid. It Mm -hmm. it doesn't. Being brave just means not letting the fear determine our actions. So I'd love to tell a story of um, buffaloes and cows on the Colorado plain, John Sanford. I I heard this story first from John Sanford. And the the weather pattern across the United States, as everyone knows, moves from west to east. So the storms come over the Rocky Mountains in the west. And the cattle do the logical thing, quote unquote. Both herds are terrified of the storm. The cattle run east as fast as they can away from the storm. But because the storm's running, going faster than they are, and they're moving in the same direction, they end up maximizing their time in the storm by trying to avoid it. Mm. buffalo do the opposite thing they're just as terrified as the storm but when a buffalo is afraid of something they they run straight at it so free bonus hint if ever you scare a buffalo and target you, you know it, it's coming at you <laughs> uh, so if ever you see a buffalo don't scare them because uh, buffalo will run directly out what they're afraid so they run directly at the storm and mm-hmm. because they're going the opposite direction they get through it much much faster mm. so the point is to run into the pain to not be afraid to go into that scary thing. You get through it much faster. You actually lengthen your time in the pain by trying to avoid it. And you minimize your time in the pain by going through it and facing it and naming it, like we said, getting curious about it and going into it and saying, why is that there? What is there about that? Being willing to go into the pain and pursue healing, whether that's with another trusted person or in therapy or um your 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 time with God, or you know, spending time with a trusted friend, or however that works for you, or going on a journey, taking some time, giving yourself the time and the space to investigate that and go on that journey to figure out where that's coming from, why it's there, and uh, uh, seeking the healing that God has for you. Yeah, that's a. I, I like the um, 
having the visual of that story. And I think that that's actually a really great like analogy or, yeah, I guess the analogy of it, because I think what, when we look at something that feels like it's attacking us, right? So whether it's the enemy or our fear or our past or whatever that is, it's always going to be chasing behind us the, the further we run. So we're running in the in the same direction that fear is going. So it's inevitable that we're going to be facing this at every every turn and corner because we're not running away, we're running with it. So there's another quote, I believe it's by Mark Twain, and he says, do the thing you fear the most and the fear of death is certain. And and I remember hearing something, a version of that several years ago, and I was thinking, oh, so if I just stood up and faced my fear, like the thing that I felt was attacking me, if I had the upper hand and I just stood up and faced it first, you mean I could just combat that way quicker and that way I don't have to prolong this pain? And for whatever reason, I was thinking this, but I gave it a try and I did. It's like I just axed this, this like brought out my sword and cut fear in half. And then I was like, whoa, how cool. And I remember I was such a, I don't know, I felt like this fear rebel that every time one would come at me, this new fear, this new thing that I was, I mean, I was embarking on this completely uncharted territory at the beginning of my growth journey. And Every time it kept coming up, I was just slaying them, slaying them, slaying them. And I started to build this confidence, this God confidence. And I remember feeling like, man, if I could do this, what can I not do? Because that then pulled in and I had to lean on my faith. But my faith was reinforced by facing the fears. So we hear the, you know, faith over fear, faith over fear. But what does that really mean? And I'd love to hear what your take on that, Dave, is um, just briefly to talk about that. And I, I know that you have a few more steps to kind of lead in there, but I would like to hear just from that perspective, because I think it's sometimes it, it makes a nice sentiment, it makes a nice quote, makes some nice stationery. But what does it really mean at the end of the day? I love that. Um, a lot of times it takes a step. And mm-hmm. like you said, those first few steps are terrifying, but then you realize, hey, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. It wasn't bad. There's um oh what's the movie? Um I think it was the Mighty Ducks where the 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 big kid that they want to play goalie is afraid of getting hit with a hockey puck and every mm-hmm. time they take a shot on goal the the goalie's ducking, you know, and it's like well that's not going to work for you know for the hockey team. So they finally during practice tie him to the goal and they have all the all the kids shoot at him and at first he's like ah but then he's realized wait a minute this doesn't hurt at all i've got all my goalie gear on this doesn't hurt at all uh-huh. what am i afraid of and a lot of times the the fear of what we're afraid of is is like uh the little man behind the curtain in the wizard of oz mm-hmm. you know puts on this big show but when you actually boil it back and go to face it it's just a little guy behind the curtain spinning wheels and flipping levers yeah and that's a great one too, because it's like you can imagine that fear will always it will always show its ugly head. And we keep using the word fear because you can really address it as any way. But you know, when you're met with something that's challenging or the the resistance of feeling, okay, I'm not called for, I'm not adequate, I don't have that certification, I don't have the qualifications. And so a lot of those fears things can be ways that they're creeping into your limiting beliefs as well. And I know we talk at great lengths about you know, limiting beliefs and overcoming and developing a growth mindset. And that's one of the biggest things that I've recognized too is developing a growth mindset. It's almost like it's turning on the light 
So fear doesn't really have a place to hide. You're really making me tap into the beginning of my my personal growth journey. I was like, <laughs> wow, this wasn't just me reading books and self-help. It was about challenging all the things that I had to, you know, endure or overcome. And, you know, sometimes it's the hardest thing. Like I said, like you said, you know, facing the fear. And for me, it was facing my past, like facing those, you know, our circumstances, our situations, things like that, that have um, brought up in our life. But you know, as much and as painful as they are to relive or to face, it's so needed because at the end of the day, we realize now the next time something comes our way, we're more equipped, we're stronger, we're more capable, um, and we're able to start slaying those things and, you know, metaphorically or figuratively speaking, those thoughts in our heads as well. So how can we move forward and through fear more quickly or resistance more quickly from a place of confidence and and reassurance and courage because as we navigate life there's no i mean we'll never escape it there's never a moment that you won't ever feel fear because it's inevitable it's it's part of our programming it's part of our wiring but fear i think i think that fear does have a purpose and a place at some point in our lives would you agree dave or is that yeah, absolutely. You, you know, don't don't touch the stove. You right. know, walk too close to the edge. You know, don't pick up the rattlesnake. Bad idea. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it certainly has a place. It's it's kept us alive. Yeah. So I, I think that you know, if somebody's like, "Oh my gosh, stop with the fear." It's like, no. I mean, fear again. Color it however you want. You know, it could be a pretty. Uh, think that you could say, well, this is something I actually embrace and I love it because when it's coming to me, I just realized that it's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to learn. Um, you know, fear again could be considered something we look at as like failure, but failure again is exactly that. It was an opportunity for something to come about and, and stretch you and grow you and um, push you further along. And I think at the end of the day, it's really up to us is to ask ourselves how far are we willing to go? But more importantly, knowing that whatever season we're we're in and whatever struggle or fear we encounter, the good news is that we're not alone. And that's something that gives us that confidence to know that, you know, we don't have to we don't have to tackle these giants and feel like, well, who am I to do it? Right. Yeah, that's good. Sometimes taking the first couple steps can be hard. And I have kind of a life hack to get over taking those first couple steps in the middle of fear. And what I've learned to do in my own life is, okay, if I was playing a role in a movie where somebody did this thing, what would they do next? Mm -hmm. Or you could think about it another way of, if I wasn't afraid, what would I do? If I was somebody who wasn't afraid of doing that thing, maybe it's, maybe it's, um, public speaking. If I wasn't afraid of getting on stage and public speaking, what would I do? What would I do next? And then go do that. Mm. <laughs> Here's your chance for the Academy Award. Play the role in the movie. What, you know, play that character. What would that character do next? And go do that thing. Well, it it can depend. Um, I, th I think usually we can think about, you know, okay, if I wasn't afraid of public speaking, I would write out my speech. I'd make, you know, I'd, I'd start writing my speech out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do that. Mm -hmm. Go do that. If, if I, if I was somebody who wasn't afraid of public speaking, I I join a Toastmasters club and learn how to speak. Okay. Go do that. 
you know, if I wasn't afraid, I would practice a speech in the mirror if I wasn't so terrified. Well, okay, okay, do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so breaking down that fear into bite-sized pieces that feel more manageable than versus like looking at yourself and be like, oh my gosh, I have to be on stage with you know, 10,000 people and fill an arena and I'm supposed to be the one delivering that speech. And, you know, we eventually work up to that point, right? Because that's kind of the practice. And the practice right. is what Dave is saying is that you don't have to think of you staying on stage in front of thousands of people delivering your most perfect curated, you know, practice speech. It's just showing up in the everyday. It's taking that one step forward. It's about putting yourself in proximity of the thing that scares you, but yet maybe you're not totally scared, but it's enough that gets you kind of jittered. But also one of those things that I recognize too, and I think this kind of pulls into the conversation is that the feeling of fear and the feeling of excitement are the same. It's just in a different direction. So how we turn that same energy that we're feeling into a moment of opportunity. And so that moment of opportunity could be something like, wow, thousands of people standing on stage speaking. Holy, that's that's scary. Oh, Toastmasters with like a handful of local people that, oh, I might know a few of them and I can meet some new friends and maybe they can help me become that version so I could stand on the stage. That seems more doable. In fact, that sounds very exciting because there's other opportunities in those small steps. So if we shift our mindset to intentionally seek out the good in an otherwise not so good situation, we start shifting that fear to excitement and it's more manageable to take those bite-sized things and think that you have to successfully overnight step on stage with thousands of people and make this perfect thing happen. So I love that you shared those little tidbits there because I think those are more Having those micro steps are more manageable than feeling that we have to jump into this big, big tackling fear and not feel like we're prepared as well. So can I ask then about preparation? How do we know that we're preparing for our calling if we're not sure where we need to begin? That's a great question. I think our calling is something that pulls us. Guilt and performance and all those negative things where, where we perform to be accepted or we, we try to earn love, those things push us out of guilt and shame, but calling pulls us. It draws us. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll, is I'll sit on something. If it's something I'm afraid to do, I'll, I'll sit on it for a little bit. And if it's really something I'm called to do, then that pulling, that drawing won't go away. That's a really great point because it almost feels like, I think something that we've talked about even on the podcast as well is, is feeling like it's in alignment, like things feel more in ease and in flow and there's mm -hmm. fun and there's, it's like, sometimes you just feel like, I don't know, I just had the best day ever. What you do? I just, I got to be me. I got to live. You got the experience. And it's like that in those moments of our highest successes and achievements, we can look back. And in those moments, we didn't say that we were fearful and afraid. It was about you felt that you were just you. You got to be that. And those experiences were in alignment and in flow. And so when you look back and you said that that's because I was called in this direction. I think, um, you know, I'm just sharing that those pieces from my experiences as well, because is we start embarking on this unknown territory and this like darkness of fear and becoming in our callings. It's a whole new territory that we haven't yet experienced. So 
we just step into unknown. And we've just come through a season with the biggest season in our entire world of the unknown of being in a pandemic and lockdown. Nobody knew what tomorrow was going to be. But how many of us actually found our place and our calling where sometimes it just being in a different environment allowed for you to explore new ways and new opportunities and new ideas. And some of those just turned into you just doing you. And next thing you know, there's something greater that came out of it because you were consistently abiding and stepping and being obedient into this calling, whether or not you knew the direction, but you're headed in the same, headed in the direction where now you can look back and say, that's where I was supposed to be. Does that feel like more into the alignment and the calling? Do you feel like that was a fair assessment? Yeah, I think that's I think that's good, Rachel. I think I think you you mentioned the term alignment. Is it in in alignment with where your heart is drawn to go? Because um, I think God put that calling in us from when we were born, that passion in our heart. And like we talked about, the world tries to smush it out, but when we get healing. Um, we can feel that al- alignment of, yeah, I feel good about that. I I like to call it the peace test. Mm-hmm. Do I have a peace about this? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I look at kind of three parts of figuring out what, what to do. Kind of the logical part, is this what I think I should do logically, rationally, or, or is this really stupid? You know, yeah. <laughs> is this jumping off a cliff? Probably not smart. But quitting my job tomorrow without any followers or any, you know, plan, probably not smart, but, you know, maybe I can work on writing that book on my lunch hour. Um, Yeah. And then the second part is, is this what you want to do? So number one, is this what you think you should do? Number two, is this what you want to do? And then number three, the spiritual agreement with that thing is, do I have a piece about it? Do I have an inner witness that, yeah, this just feels in alignment with my heart? Right. And so, you know, it's almost like for maybe, maybe those that are listening, like, wow, there's a lot of steps to just feel like I could be me. Right. And, and then we're sharing this, we're sharing these as breakdown steps because it's practical guidance of when you could start checking in with, with self and, you know, through our own self-discovery journeys, it's a, it's important to, again, recognize our, our abilities, our gifts, our lessons, our takeaways, um, our growth, our uh, contributions, like so many different facets come into this. And so when we start to really have that awareness, which Dave had laid out in, you know, step number one, like naming your fear. So whether it's naming your fear or self-awareness itself, something's not right here. It's like that awareness that like, wait, this, this, there's something sticking here. I should probably explore that. And then we're tapping into that and getting into that curiosity, into the bravery. And now as we step into our calling, because we've tackled our fears and we face them and we start building these little micro steps that lead into our confidence and, you know, having that courage that we consistently start showing up because we start seeing now and, and, and from a place of faith, sometimes it's really hard to say, I don't see it. The seeing is also your own records, your own successes, looking back and saying, wow, how quickly I I got back up after being knocked down or how quickly I slayed the dragon or how 
um, how you start feeling in a situation that would have otherwise tripped you up. And so you could start measuring these mile markers of success and start walking in alignment because now looking back, you're setting these little breadcrumbs, these stepping stones into your greater calling, which is now this purpose-driven mission that hopefully we're all tapping into because as as we go through this life, there's something greater for us. There's a bigger calling for us. And that's what Dave's talking about with like the calling then, right? So fully walking in alignment because now that we're out of this darkness, we're stepping into the light, we start abiding in our steps, we start surrendering to what could be because we already know that there's goodness on that other side of fear and we start feeling more at peace and alignment. And so as we navigate this terrain, and we'll never say that it's just smooth sailing from there on out because we're going to embark some new new terrains as we're going up this mountain. There's ruggedness and you know cracks and crevices and things that are going to trip us up. But it's about building that God-given confidence, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Can you can you talk a little bit further about that? And so how we can really know we're walking in full alignment, but what are some of the challenges and obstacles that we should be aware of that, you know, are kind of lurking behind the next corner or terrain that we'll be embarking on? Mm. I think there's three things that we can get afraid of. Uh, We've talked about it a little bit, uh, afraid that it'll be something I hate that I don't like. And a lot of times that's because of things that have happened in our past that have tried to shame us away from what we were created to do. We can be afraid of getting it wrong. We've talked about that a little bit, how it's failure isn't failure, it's learning. If you're really trying to step into the truth of who you are, it's not failure, it's learning. And it's mm-hmm. okay. You know, what parent ever, when their toddler was teetering and taking their first steps and, you know, you say, come on, come on, come to daddy, come to mama, come on, come on. And the child, you know, dropped to their knees and cheated and crawled to you. You know, what What parent ever said, you dumb kid, why didn't you walk? You know, you had your chance, you blew it. You know, no, you, you pick them up, you plop them right back down in the same place. You're like, come on, come on. Mm-hmm. And life gives us do-overs and it's called learning and it's yeah. okay. It's good. It's healthy. It's actually healthy to fail because it's not failure. It's learning. And then the third fear is being afraid of not being able to live up to it. And that's that's shame. That's shame yapping in our ear about how we're not worthy. But the truth is, we we think we're not worthy and we embrace this unworthiness because of something in our life we're ashamed of. I'm too fill in the blank for you. I'm I'm too vulgar. I'm too angry. I'm too defective. I'm too whatever it is. I'm I'm not enough. But that's not really why we feel unworthy. We really feel unworthy because we're wounded. Mm-hmm. And God's not looking for worthiness. He's looking for willingness. And it's not, and and again, even if some of your listeners aren't coming from a Christian worldview, it's not about being good enough. It's about being willing to take the next step. Mm -hmm. It's about willingness. It's not about worthiness. Right. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that because that's where, you know, for me coming to my faith, I felt completely just broken, run down, beaten, used and abused kind of thing and just felt like who, you know, who who would take this, you know? It's like, uh, no, that's that's the part of the healing. Um, you know, and and even in my my book, 
the, you know, the subtitle is a journey to healing, fitness, and self-love. And so I didn't even realize that I had inadvertently embarked on a journey of healing. I didn't even know what healing was, but healing was just as what you're saying. It's, it's about the willingness to surrender, to let go, to, to give, give oneself up and just humble themselves and say, listen, I can't do this on my own. And, you know, part of that healing journey, whether it's through a spiritual healing or, you know, physical healing by having people, you know, like a, a therapist or a doctor and, you know, those are forms of healing as well. But, you know, we go to a doctor when we're sick, but where do we go when we are spiritually wounded, where we feel so broken and worthless that, you know, there's really nothing left in us. It's like this, this world can take so much of us, whether it's people taking from us or or using and abusing um, individuals as well. And so at the end of the day, our physical might be broken, but in, internally, there's a soul, there's that spirit that resides in you that is that longing for for more. And that, um, I think for me, was something that I couldn't find externally. And in my book, <laughs> Chasing Perfection, right? There is no such thing as perfection. And I was chasing it in an external world, trying to solve and fill an internal void that was not, it cannot be achieved in this place. And so that was something where I really needed to lean on and rely on something greater beyond myself. You know, and I was, I knew, I knew of Jesus. I knew of God. I knew of those things, but I said, well, that's cool. That's for other people. But um, what about me? And that's where I had to really just lean in and say, well, you know what? Everything that I'm trying on my own obviously isn't working and everything of the people that I've tried to help isn't working. So what harm could it be to try to, you know, let's just give this one a go, right? Because at this point, you're already kind of beaten and broken. You're just like, well, could be just something or another thing that just lets me down. But at least I was expecting of that. I knew what that felt like, but I didn't know what the other thing could have felt like. So in my own just desperate attempt to feel whole and worthy. So I'll give this thing a try. And I have never looked back on it because it was one of the greatest things that I could have given myself and my soul. And, you know, this isn't about me just giving a testimony or preaching or whatever. So those that are listening like, whoa, Rachel, where'd this come from? It's like, I'm just sharing. I'm sharing pieces of me that are in this in my book that, you know, I don't really share as much as I probably should on the podcast, but it was about finding my healing from within. And if you've been following the podcast or even following me, you know, that really brought up my whole philosophy and concept behind that, which is getting fit from within. And so really that pulls from our four counterparts, which is, you know, to build a solid foundation, we need to be in a place where we can feel safe and sound and secure. And that's from our mental, our emotional and our spiritual health and well-being, while our physical then becomes a byproduct and a reflection of that inner existence and that inner healing and that inner being. So I share all that just for context to say like what Dave and I are talking about isn't just conversation, it isn't just words, and it isn't just, well, that's a nice thought. That sounds good for you. It sounds good for them. Good for them. But I'm sharing this from personal experiences because this was something that I have, if you had met me even 10 years ago, wouldn't have even fathomed that I'd be in a place like this that host a podcast and a platform for others to elevate their voice, to give them power and permission to know that there's something greater beyond. And this is about living intentionally and purpose-driven in this existence that we're here today. So this is just my personal sentiment and my story. So I mean, bringing on incredible, incredible conversations and guests such as Dave and those that we've had on this podcast to really bring pieces of us into this life because we're not just one dimensional. We have so many different facets of life and pieces of our life. And so it's all about 
picking up those pieces and trying them on and applying it to your life and it fits great. And if it doesn't, great, but at least you gave it a try. So I hope that you don't discount some of these steps that we're just sharing and whether you apply them from the same faith base that we are or just applying them from a practical sense of just saying, sounds good, I'll give it a try. And this is really what these conversations are there for, is to provide ways and avenues to just feel that you are going through life and it doesn't have to be as heavy or scary as it may feel. And this is just, you know, us sharing our hearts with you. That's beautiful, Rachel. Beautiful. I, th- I think an, a, another hack for fear is treating everything like an experiment. Mm-hmm. So it, I'm just trying this. I'm seeing if this works. And if it doesn't work, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I learned something. I learned what doesn't work. That's valuable. If yeah. it works, great. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. You just find, you find things, you navigate life doing the best you can with what you know until you know better, and then you do better, right? So it's the same concept. And, you know, I I had a guest uh, earlier, I can't remember when it was, but we had a conversation where we talked about briefly fears of failure and fears of success. And one of the things that we talked about was not, I mean, we hear this quite a bit where we say, okay, it's fear of failure. But what if it was the concept of where many people don't look at it the other way is the fear of success, because so many of us are caught up on the fear of failure that we're afraid to even try. So we don't take that first step. So we don't even know what success could feel like because we've already surrendered and just given up before we even got started. So I like that you shared earlier about just the conversation of, of you know, not so much a failure, but an opportunity to learn and grow. And I think that same concept still does apply even in from a place of success where it's like, Success now is like, wow, this worked. And the the scary part of that is how do you keep that up and sustain it? Because sometimes it's already hard enough to get the start going. But then once you got the proven system or the thing that's working for you and it's leading to success, that scary factor of can I sustain this? Can I make this happen? Am I qualified? Am I called to live and lead a successful life? But what does success mean at these different stages that we go through in our succession of success? So just it brings me into this conversation that I had kind of recently. And I think this is a a, a really great turning point here where we can kind of wrap things up with the conversation because at the end of it, we start with fear of failure. But what if at the end of this, it's all about stepping into our greatness and stepping into that power and stepping into that potential. And that is the success that we've already been able to overcome. And we need to look back at that and say, well, if I've been successful getting to where I'm at now, we have to have trust in succeeding beyond that measure of success today. Yeah, that's really good. Fear of success can be huge because, and that can keep us from trying because it's, well, if I'd have tried, of course I would have been successful, but I just didn't have time or whatever, so I didn't try. But it's like, no, maybe maybe you would be successful if you tried. And then you're right, the fear of, okay, what now? Sometimes it's our fear of success of, of no, we're afraid it actually will work mm-hmm. that that holds us back. Um, a lot of times, and, and Gay Hendricks points this out in his book, The Big Leap, the thing he says that holds us back from our zone of genius, because that's scary. That's that unique thing we were created to do in the world to make the world a better place. But it can be scary because we haven't gone there yet. Mm-hmm. He says the thing that holds us back the most is our zone of excellence, mm-hmm. that thing we're comfortably good at. 
because everybody else praises us and says how good we are at that thing. And it's comfortable. We're good at it. Yeah. It's it's comfortable. We're comfortable there. Yeah. But it's a prison. It, it's a nicely decorated prison, but it can be a prison. And it keeps us playing small instead of taking the risk and stepping out into who we were created to be, where the real, the real joy in life is. Yeah. It, it, you know, for, uh, okay. So for those who haven't read the book, the different, different zones that Gay Hendricks talks about in the book, The Big Leap, are zone of incompetence, competence, excellence, and genius. Is that correct? Yeah, I get, I, is it four yes. or five? I think it's four. You, okay. you remember it the same way I do. I don't have it in front of me. You, you remember it the same way I do. Yes, yes. So for those that are like, okay, give me the cliff notes really quick. Okay, so the, the big leap, it's about it's about those different zones and how we operate those. And and so the zone of incompetence is is essentially the zone where it's just hard and it sucks and you're just like, oh my gosh, this, this is the worst thing ever. And it just really dings on your perceived value of self-worth. And then the zone of incompetence is where you're kind of good at it, but you get no pleasure and joy out of it. And you're just like, well, I tried it. Sucks. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Move on. And then it kind of goes into the zone of excellence, which is where you find both, where it's like you're good at it, but you also enjoy it. And then the zone of genius is that uniqueness that only you possess, that only you are qualified to to do. And I think, you know, for those that are listening, like, what would be that turning point? I mean, obviously, you could tell, like, I believe the example he shared in the book was something about skiing, where you know, the zone of incompetence. He gave skiing a try, realized he just hates it, or maybe this is my own my own story of it. It's cold and I don't like it. And I didn't enjoy it. And I said, I will never continue going back to practice and appreciate it. So I won't work that incompetence into a zone of excellence because I have no passion to do it. Where moving up the ladder, now if you're already in the zone of excellence, how do you know when you've stepped into your zone of genius? Because that could still bring you just as much joy and excitement. But what does that level up feel like? That's a good question. There's there's probably fear associated in going to that next step. I mean, a lot of times our fear is a clue that we're actually on the right track. But also in that fear context, fear can tell us we're on the right track, but it can also derail us and maybe think that we're just being met with shut doors, right? Because if we keep trying to combat those fears and we're not making headway, how do we distinguish between the two? If it's a closed door or if it's just, this is a big fear and I got to get through that wall of fear because I know on the other side is my greatness. So how do we discern that? That's a good question. I think with taking those steps and wise counsel in your life, listening to other people, being in community. I know for me, I have absolutely no desire to go skydiving. There's no way I'm going to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. Um, <laughs> that is something that would terrify me because, you know, 20,000 feet, me in a parachute, not fun. Other other people love it. And that's great. More power to them. But so it's it's not like you have to do something because you're afraid of it. Again, that fear might be there for a reason. It, it might be to steer you in in a right direction. But I, I think there's that self-awareness of being of sitting with it, being curious about it, of where does this come from? You know, is this in and you you said it before, Rachel, alignment. Is this something that if I could do it would be in alignment with the passion I feel pulled to in my heart? 
or is it something completely different? For me personally, skydiving has nothing to do with helping people hear the calling on their life. So that's mm-hmm. not something for me that's even in alignment with my my values or my goals. But public speaking might be. You know, yeah. re- reaching out and, and being guests on podcasts might be. So um, those things are in alignment. So I guess that's that's a question. And you kind of, you said it so eloquently earlier in the podcast of being ali- in alignment with um, what our, where our heart is leaning. Yeah. And I think also just tapping in with, with, you know, who you are and your strengths and shortcomings and, and your passions, your values, your interest. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, and this is just my own opinion too, I don't think God is going to call you into something that you haven't even yet experienced where it's so dark and unknown that it's almost like he's trying to just change you, I don't know, from night to day or something like that, where there's still pieces of you that have been woven into who you are as your DNA and your existence. So if it feels completely and utterly unfamiliar, I don't think that that's where you need to be. Is that just me or would you? Yeah, God usually takes us in steps. He knows how much we can handle and he promises he will never give us more than what we can handle. So he takes us in steps. Now, there was that, that whole, if, if you're familiar with a lot of the whole story of, you know, Saul getting knocked off his horse, you know, so sometimes we need to get knocked off our horse. But in general, God takes us in, in steps. He's very gentle. He's a gentleman. He won't come in where he's not invited. And he, he woos us. He calls us. He draws us. It's not a, it's not a guilt-written, shame-written, shame-ridden thing. It's, it's an invitation. And I think that's what God does more than anything else is he invites us, our calling invites us to step into, to risk stepping into who we were created to be. Right. And I think that's a a really great, great way to bring this full circle and, and bring this in as what you just shared is it's an invitation. It's an invitation to walk by faith. It's an invitation to lean on others. It's an invitation to explore. It's an invitation to to navigate in areas of darkness and, and uncertainty, but knowing that there's a light within you. And, and why I share that part is because in, even in our darkest of darkness, we still have a flicker of hope. We have a flicker of light within. And that's all we need is that little spark because that little spark is what keeps us going because we wouldn't be where we're at today without that little flicker because the whole world through our experiences have shaped and shifted us and tried to dim out that light. And there's days and moments and experiences where that flame is bright as can be. And there's the counter to that where it's just this glimmer of little flickerish hope. But we have to believe that there's something greater beyond and, you know, whether that is faith or whatever you want to call it, just pull from your experiences. I mean, why do we get up and get going? Because we know that we just have to get through this area that we're in. We have to get through this day we're in. And knowing that there's something better that awaits us and using your story of, of the animals running with the storm or through the storm. And we got to challenge that. So in our darkest days, knowing that sometimes it's just a being in in rest. It's just being in in wholeness. It's about being in the presence, right? So there is where we get to remain in who we are 
and the storm will just pass us through. And so that's just an invitation to explore and navigate and, you know, uh, really come out of it more confidently than how you entered into a season of darkness. So I just want to thank you, Dave, for sharing this time with me and and our listeners and pulling in so many of these valuable steps, you know, from from really naming your fear to getting curious to stepping out and into uh, a place of bravery and thinking to do or what you want to do and having that peace about it brings us into that full alignment of, uh, you know, our calling. And of course, I know that you have a, a beautiful gift for our listeners as well. If you'd like to share that with uh, our listeners and also how they can find out more about you and follow along with the you and, and your wife, you guys are doing some incredible work here. So I'd love for you to share that gift and invite them into your circle as well. Oh, thank you, Rachel. At our website, identityinwholeness.com, uh, <clears throat> there's a free guide for people who think, oh, this, this whole hearing God, I don't even know if I believe in God. This whole hearing God thing is just too too weird. I could never do that. Or a lot of times people think, oh, God talks to everybody but me. There's a free guide there, a free workbook called 14 Days to Hearing God. And it's 10 minutes a day for 14 days. And at the end of it, you'll be hearing God. It's a short prayer prompt you pray, and then you just start writing in in your journal. And the, the trick is shut up and listen. <laughs> God doesn't talk to us while we're talking. It's hard for someone to to talk to you while you're talking. So the idea is we pray this prayer prompt, and then we just listen. And we just write down what our thoughts are. And at some point in that process, it switches and it becomes God. And it's learning to recognize what God is already saying. Um, he's he's kind of like the donkey in Shrek. Uh, getting him to talk is not the problem. <laughs> getting, yeah. getting, it's getting him to shut up sometimes. That's the problem. Once you start hearing him, it's like, oh, wow, God, I wish I, <laughs> you know, you're talking too much. But it's a, it's a beautiful process to learn how to hear God in your life specifically. And I'd love to make contact with you and reach out to you and share this process with you and journey with you on this process. Again, identityandwholeness.com. It's a free download. It's a PDF, 10 minutes a day for 14 days. Let me know how it works for you. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dave. This has just been an incredible conversation. So of course, all of the links and everything will be listed in the show notes below. So be sure to check that out. And thank you again. Thank you so much, Rachel. Hey there. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. 